Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Local Legends with Lark Farley. I'm your host, Lark. A little bit about the podcast if you're new. Basically, I share with you all stories that took place in my small hometown, Brown County, in Indiana. These stories range from true crime to the paranormal and everywhere in between. If you'd like to share your own hometown stories with me, you can email me at locallegendswithlark at gmail.com. As always, all the articles used in today's episode will be linked in the description should you want to read them for yourself. So what are we talking about? Today we're talking about, as the title stated, witches. Everything witches. We love witches here on the podcast. We stand. Recently for my birthday, I went to Salem, Massachusetts, and I had the absolute best time. I love it. We stand powerful women in history, making men uncomfortable. So today we're going to be talking about specifically witches and witch hunts. More about witch hunts, to be honest, because that's kind of, I feel like, where some of the more well-known, documented witches or people accused of witches in history came from, was this paranoia um, and targeting other people, mainly are you ready? Poor people. That's right. Say it with me. Targeting and killing poor people. (laughs) Tale as old as time. We're just going to be giving a really brief breakdown, defining what a witch is, then moving into witch hunts, to then all lead us back to Indiana. Because if you think that Indiana did not have witch hunts, you would be wrong. So we'll break it all down and we'll talk about it and go through it all together. And I felt like this was the perfect episode to do in the best month of the year, October. I love Halloween. I'm gearing up. I'm very excited. And I hope you are as well. And if you don't like Halloween, I don't know what to tell you. That sounds like a sad existence to me to be honest. So let's just get into it. Why don't we? So let's start from the top and we'll work our way down like we always do here. So let's start off in the basics. What does the word witch mean? I personally like the definition that Wikipedia has because while simplistic, it kind of encompasses all of the details that I feel like are the most accurate and inclusatory. According to Wikipedia, witch, which originated from the Old English word wiki, is a term rooted in European folklore and superstition for a practitioner of witchcraft, magic, or sorcery. Now, traditionally associated with malevolent magic, with those accused of witchcraft being the target of witch hunts. Now, in the modern era, the term has taken on a different meaning. In literature, a witch can now simply refer to an alluring woman capable of bewitching others. In neo-pagan religions such as Wicca, the term has, uh, meanwhile, been adopted as a female term for an adherent. So it kind of changed. Like most words in any language, they, they can kind of change and take on new meaning through the different eras, which I think is cool. Language is interesting. Now, witches have been very prevalent in historical texts throughout history. And I found this to be very interesting that the first recorded mention of the word witch was in the text Laws of Aelfred, which was written in, are you ready? 890. That, that's so long ago. Do you know, like, that is above and beyond the oldest date we've talked about on this podcast. And believe you me, we have talked about a lot of dates. 
basically since human existence, people have been talking about witches. Now, I think a lot of us, when we hear the word witch, where do we immediately go to? And again, it's probably because we, you know, if we live in a U.S. in particular, I should have stated that. So if you live in the U.S., when you think of the word witch, where do you think? Salem. That's right. Salem, Massachusetts. However, I think it is an important, a very important detail to note that witches in the word witch itself are considerably older and are prevalent throughout history and throughout the world. People are still being witch-hunted and killed in, in Tanzania. Now, Salem wasn't the first time that innocent people were persecuted for being witches. In fact, this has been going on, had been going on in England and, and other countries for hundreds of years before the Puritan colonists decided to join in on the hysteria. Now, it is estimated that during the Great Age of Witch Hunts, which spans from the years 1400 to 1775, that roughly 100,000 people were tried for witchcraft, with a total of 50,000 people being executed. Now, this number is a very basic estimation because those numbers they pulled are from the written documentation they have of who got killed and how. But as you might guess, local towns, rural areas who were killing people in the witch hunts probably didn't, you know, have the best literacy skills, right? I'm just, you know, speaking as a Brown County and myself here in the year 2023, our literacy rate in Brown County is absurdly low. So I'm just, you know, I think that number is probably a lot higher is what I'm trying to get at. But that's just their estimation. 50,000 is a lot of people, okay? That's a lot. So now let's go back to uh, Salem Witch Trials real fast. So I'm just going to give a very brief, very quick rundown of events. If you want something more in-depth that really delves into, like, the time and what could have led up to and most likely was the cause of the hysteria that led to the Salem Witch Trials, I would highly recommend you go and listen to the Witch Trial series that the last podcast on the left had. I believe it was just called Salem Witch Trial. And I think it's like two or three episodes. And it is so amazing. They did an incredible job just really breaking it down. And I learned so much. So I would highly recommend checking that out if you want a more in-depth look at Salem Witch Trials. Now, to give some very basic, quick details for the sake of the length of this podcast, because I could honestly go on and on and on and on about this. The Salem Witch Trials were from 1692 to 1693 and led to the deaths of 25 innocent men, women, and children. I think that's another part of this that doesn't get talked about a whole lot when we talk about witch hunts and witch trials is that I think there's this idea that it was only women that were on trial and women that were persecuted and killed. And that's not the case. Men and children were as well. Now, there were a few factors that I'm going to go over very briefly as to maybe what could have caused the hysterical witch hunt in Salem. One, is that there were ongoing conflicts between the colonizers, excuse me, <clears throat> colonists, and the indigenous tribes. Lots of war happening there. Two, there was a smallpox epidemic at the same time. Three, the coldest winter on record in America also coincided at this time. And then, 
Fourthly, Puritans. Now, Puritans were party poopers, okay? They they were the kid at school who, if you were trading Pokemon cards at lunch with your friends, would they would be the one to tell you that Pokemon is a symbol of the devil and they're going to go to hell. And you would think they would stop there. No, 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 they do not. They do not stop there. They'd bring over a prayer group to your home. And much like vampires, once you invite them in, they never leave. Now, if you grew up near a religious group, I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about. And that, my friends, is the Puritans. So you have all four of these things coinciding at the same time. And it was just a mixture from, pardon my pun here, hell. Just not good. Nobody was happy. No one was living their best life. And absolutely not a singular soul during that time was having fun. All right, we talked about what the word witch means, talked about how they've been here probably, I mean, in text for forever, talked about witch hunt, talk about Salem. So what do witches have to do with Brown County? Great question. I'd love to tell you. In my research for this podcast, I stumbled upon a few mentions of the word witch and witches in the Brown County Democrat. Now, mostly these resolved around either a preacher or a local preacher accusing women who dressed scandalously or danced as being witches or used to describe a haunted area. Now, there was nothing specific that I could personally find, and believe you me, I tried, about someone being accused of being a witch, driven out of town for being a witch. I could not find that in the Brown County Democrat. However, I was able to find a newspaper article that was very in-depth in the Columbus Republic. They had a newspaper called The Republic, and there was this whole center spread about witches, witchcraft, and someone being accused. And there was actually a woman in this article who was accused of being a witch in Indiana. Now, the woman in question, her name is Irene Ray, and the article I found dated back to 1932, so not that long ago. Because, you know, I'm sure you're like me, you're like, oh, it's like 17, 1800s. No, 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 1932, girl. All right, so let's let's set the scene. So in 1932, Irene moves her and her family to Indiana to a town called Rochester, which is in Fulton County, which is maybe two to three hours away from Brown County. So I'm interested. I could not find a connotation as to how this got back to Columbus. I don't know if this, if Irene was from Columbus. I assume that would have had to have been the case. I don't understand how Columbus, Indiana would have then picked it up. But anyway, so Irene in 1932 moves her family. Now, something to note about the year 1932, which if you listen to our past podcast episodes, I'm sure you've heard 1932 because that was the year of the Great Depression. And we have a few episodes that that go back to the Great Depression here on this podcast. So it was the Great Depression, which as you might guess, it's a particularly difficult time period for a lot of people. A lot of people were hungry. A lot of people were desperate. And a lot of people had nowhere to go. It was just not a good time. Do you see the trend here? Witch hunts, witches accusing people and women of being witches coincide with really tough and terrible times. Now, Irene and her family were among many at this time who depended on welfare programs in order to have a roof over their heads and food for their families. 
However, Indiana was not a big fan or proponent of that. Indiana neighbors in her town looked down on Irene and anyone in their community who depended on welfare and thought of them as being lazy. And that's when the tensions between her and the townspeople started to rise. With tensions rising the next six years, we'd see the tensions snapping or coming to a head once people in this town started accusing Irene of being a practitioner of witchcraft. Now, they started blaming her for things that went wrong. If crops didn't grow, Irene did it. Young Timmy had the croup. Irene did it. Crow hits into your window and shatters it. That was Irene. She sent the crow. She was accused of causing ailments as such as insomnia, heartburn, irritable bowel issues. Also for causing floods and fires. You kind of get the picture. Now this all escalated once a beloved member of the community by the name of George Knight got sick and townspeople started losing their minds. They started gossiping that Irene was the culprit behind his illness, and George Knight's family got in on it and started harassing Irene and her family, accusing Irene of stealing George's hair from his hairbrush, mixing it with cat hair and vinegar, and putting all of these items in a bottle and burying it to cast a spell on him. To which I have to say, the Knight family seems to know an awful lot about spells. Because that is very specific. And I'm someone who reads a lot of books about this stuff, and I didn't know that combo. I'm just saying, maybe the call is coming from inside the house. People started claiming that Irene was using voodoo dolls and spells and collaborating with other witches in order to bring about the downfall of the town. Which is funny because it's like, girl, even if, let's just say we don't believe it, obviously. These people are just off the rockers. But let's say for five seconds we we think about what they're saying. They started it. They're bullies. You can't kick someone down the stairs and get mad for them being like, don't kick me down the stairs. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you cornered her and you did it. Like, you put yourself in this situation. You started it. These townsfolk honestly sound like the absolute worst. Just not good. And Well, it didn't stop there. Let's just say that. The, the townsfolk didn't stop there. No, of course not. They started calling incessantly the police, trying to get the police to arrest Irene. I guess police for a, at a time, we're just like, stop calling us. We can't do anything. Irene's not doing anything. She's not doing anything. Like, what? We can't arrest her for eating dinner with her family. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's gardening outside, my guys. We cannot arrest her for that. But that kind of, the table started to turn there when the chief of police died because then the town folk started calling the police station to be like, he died, and we know for a fact that Irene was the person that killed him. The chief of police died from a heart attack. Do with that information what you will. But I think we all can paint a picture of our heads of where that probably stemmed from. You're a small townsperson, police, chief of police. Girl, you gotta stay out of Duncan. You know what I'm saying? Like, but no, Irene did it. Right. Okay. 
They reported to the police that Irene had been seen exploding in anger at the chief, accusing him of being a tool of the women that were harassing her, which she wears the lie, and that he'd be sorry. And they're like, she said he'd be sorry, and now he's dead. Which is just like, Marianne and Mary Bell, sit down, start taking care of your 10 kids. You got Washington on the line that needs to come in and just like chill out. Like, I'm sorry that your life is hell. You made those choices, though, girl. Leave Irene alone. And it got so bad. And the people, the townsfolk, were so mad that the police just refused to arrest Irene for the death of the chief of police that the townspeople wrote to the Secretary of Defense. Let that sink in. Who, of course, was like, what are you talking about? Don't ever write me ever again. Not like they have anything else better to do than listen to Marianne and Mary Bell accuse someone of being a witch in the year 1932 when there's a Great Depression coming on and war is going to be happening. And if you thought it stopped there, again, they keep leveling up. The townsfolk got to a point with the police that they told police, if you do not arrest Irene right now, we are going to kill her. They told police that. The town people said that. Did they get arrested? No. Do you know who got arrested? Irene. I just like, that is so insane. The townsfolk are harassing this poor woman. Seeking every avenue to get her arrested. And it gets so bad, the police have to end up arresting Irene for her own safety because people in the town told them, if you do not arrest her, we're going to kill her. That is wild. What? Could you not file a protection order back then? Could you not file for, I don't know, like harassment? Assault? Something? In the year of 1938, when Irene was arrested, keep in mind, for her own safety, there were eight alleged victims of her hexes. They did it all, girl. They were so dramatic. Much like the the people that were reporting in, in Salem, Massachusetts, they were acting, acting wild, talking in, like, tongues, you know, just foaming at the mouth. They were going Reagan from The Exorcist, trying to prove that Irene was a witch. Now, after her arrest, Irene would report to a local reporter who was like, please talk to me. This is horrible. I'm so sorry. What can we do to help you? Irene stated to them, Miss Ray denied all accusations, quoting to a reporter for a newspaper, out of Columbus, which was the Republic, if my accusers got right with God, they won't need to put such things on me as I am living for the Lord and I intend to until I die. I won't do the work of the devil because witchcraft is a handiwork of Satan. I feel sorry for my accusers because they cannot think any other way. It's so sad. I feel so sad for Irene. Can you imagine having to be arrested because the townspeople are going to kill you if you weren't. Is that even legal? Can the police even do that? I don't feel like it is. 
But I guess it's like back then and everything was chaos. I don't know. After she was released from prison, Irene and her family moved to a house outside of the town in an effort to escape the bullying and harassment. Six months after moving, Irene and her husband would be struck and killed by a car when walking across the street. The driver claimed that they had accidentally hit Irene and her husband as they hadn't seen them and were trying to avoid hitting a child that was on a tricycle in the same crosswalk. Which is just like, this woman never got a break. She never got a break. The Great Depression, trying to keep her family from starving to death, moving to this town in the hopes that she would be able to like make a life for her and her family to survive, to just be bullied, harassed, assaulted, arrested, and then killed. Because now, like, of course, everyone was like, oh, she got killed because she was a witch. Like, the, the person killed her on purpose. But the driver claims that he did not do it on purpose. But part of you just has to question that, you know? Because it's not like she moved states. She just moved a little bit outside of the town. And these people told police that if the police didn't arrest her, they were going to kill her. So I don't think it's like that far of a reach to assume that the person that killed her and her husband in the crosswalk did so on purpose, which is just horrible. It's awful. So sad. And honestly, it all comes down to this poor woman's socioeconomic status. She was poor. But she's also just like insane to me because I'm like, you live in Indiana, people. You're in Indiana. You're not doing well, okay? You you live in Indiana, you're not doing well. I'm sorry. You're just not. It's Indiana. You can only be doing so well. Just excluding that fact, it's the Great Depression. Nobody's doing well. Nobody's doing well. We're all just collectively just no one's thriving. You know, we're all just surviving, okay? We're just gonna try not to starve to death. That's the goal. And yet somehow they had enough time to just harass and and treat tremendously horrible this poor woman. And if you didn't think it would stop there, with just, like, her being poor and them hating her for it, it was also because they, they had this delusion in her mind, like, in the newspaper article when I was reading it, like, they kept, the reporter kept saying, like, the people in the town thought that she was a Native American. Which Irene was like, I have never claimed that. I have no one in my family history that is indigenous. Like, this is not, that is not me. That, I know, nothing against them. But, like, that is not true. That is not accurate. So, it always comes back to, right, two things. Poor racism. Because, like, they were racist. They thought that she was an indigenous American who was poor, who had the gall to move to their town. And that's why they hated her. It's just so sad. It's also really sad that the one thing that continues past her death is the fact that she is being remembered for being accused of being a witch. But I had to share the story with you because I was just like the similarities between how the townspeople acted in this story, which took place in Indiana, not that far from Brown County, and very closely tied to Columbus, which is like a hop, skip, and a jump from Brown County, and the Salem Witch Trials was for me just, like, very obvious. I was like, I cannot believe that this happened. In 1932, you know, the the witch trials in Salem took place in in 1692. And so to, like, have from 
1692 to 1932, the behaviors be reflected in very similar ways where people were just like acting so wildly, really giving in and caving into this hysteria. And also to like mirror the, the times that were both harsh like in 1692 was all the things we talked about with like the fighting and the wars and then it's the coldest winter ever and the smallpox epidemic and then 1932 great depression everyone's starving and there's no hope and everyone doesn't know what to do and you're just trying to survive it's just like this culmination of factors and things led to people caving in to this barbaric emotional state and just flipping on someone and just flipping on each other in that way but yeah, I just want to share that because I found it to be interesting and I felt like a went line in October and Irene, I am so sorry you experienced that and it's just horrible and you're a queen and we stand and I cannot even begin to imagine what you must have felt. And that's awful. On this podcast, we stand witches. Be nice to each other. Don't accuse someone of being a witch. Religious people need to chill out. It's not that serious. We're all just trying to survive. Everyone take a chill pill. Take a sip of water. It'll be okay. But that's it for today. That's all I have for you today. Next episode will probably be interesting. We got a lot of things to pick from. I'm kind of waiting for the Brown County Democrat to update because they said they had a spooky story collection that they were going to release. And I think that would be fun to go through and sift through because I personally have lots of fun when I have, um, in air quotes, right, in my most sarcastic voice, realistic or real ghost stories. That's always fun to share. So keep an eye on that. We'll see if it comes through. And if it does, I will release an episode about it because you know I will. But in the meantime, what do we say here on the podcast? Stay safe, stay hydrated, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye.